Woohoo! It is the last day today of my launch week. So doors are closing today, everyone, for Talent Manager Bootcamp. And what better way to celebrate the closing doors day um, where we won't be reopening now for another three months uh, with a fellow studio owner, Claire O'Shea. Claire is the owner of Dance Energy Studios. She's also a coach and a podcaster, and you're going to get to know a lot more about her in this episode. Uh, if you've ever you know, dreamed of having a thriving studio business or creative business, then you're going to love to hear what Claire has to say. She's the automation queen, everybody. And she's got some amazing automation tips as well um, as a part of her story. So jump on in and let's go with the lovely Claire O'Shea. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative, or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line, to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts and all that jazz. Welcome. We have the beautiful Claire O'Shea on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Jo. I'm so excited to chat with you and your listeners. Yeah, it's great. Look, I met you a couple of months ago. I was actually um, a guest on your podcast, Assembly for Dance Studio Owners, and that was really awesome. Um, and it was really great to connect in that way. So now I feel like I know you. <laughs> Even though you're on the other side of the country. Um, Look, you have multiple businesses. You know, you've got your studio, Dance Energy Studios in Queensland, um, Australia, for anyone that doesn't know out there. Um, You're a podcaster, you're a coach, a mentor and a mum. And we're going to dive into all of that um, later on. But I want to know, how did you actually start your dance journey? So I guess like with how I started in the class, I was probably similar to most people's story. I was probably two years old and really into dancing around the house. And my mom thought it would be a great way um, to kind of channel my energy and my creativity. At the time I was the, I was first born. So, um, you know, I didn't have any siblings to play with. So it was a great way for me to make friends. And then from there, it's just something that I continued to, that continued to evolve for me, but also I continued to, love and my passion for it like never seemed to wane I had an amazing um teachers growing up and so that really fueled my passion which was 
I'm so blessed. I know there's a lot of people that have great experiences at their childhood studio and then some potentially that don't. Mm. Um, But I had a really just a super, super loving and support driven and just like family orientated studio um, on the Sunshine Coast where I grew up at uh, and at Dance Dynamics um, in Maroochydore, which was uh, my where I grew up dancing. And then from there, like, you know, I moved to Brisbane to go to university and I continued to teach. And then when I finished my degree, or actually I was still studying, but I decided to move home because I didn't um, enjoy living in Brisbane. I wasn't, the city life wasn't uh, my uh, up for me. Um, my mum suggested one day that I start a dance studio and that really just, I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And that tiny little suggestion um really led to where I am today, which is, you know, nine years down the track next year, we're celebrating our 10 year, um, 10 years of the business, which is just unbelievable. So it's really something that's evolved and changed, but at the heart of it has been this sort of like love and passion for dance and the creative arts. What, what degree did you do? You mentioned you did a degree at university. What were you studying? Was it I, dance related or something else? No, it was education. So I did a Bachelor mm. of Early Childhood. So well, I've always loved. That's super relevant. Yes, definitely. And I think particularly for me, my, I a huge passion of mine is in, you know, that kind of three years old to like grade one, grade two, which mm. is, um, I don't know if it's my, well, probably is my favorite age to teach, but it also is where I feel the most confident and comfortable as well. So um, that's, I guess, my specialty. Yeah, okay. And 10 years on, are you still, are you teaching within your studio as well or, or yeah, not so definitely. Much? So, yeah, well, obviously not as, well, not obviously, but I'm not as much um, as when I started. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess like a lot of studio owners, I started teaching five, six days a week. Um, and then when I had my first baby, um, I took, you know, that, I think, there was like three, three or four months when I was sort of more heavily pregnant and it was easier to timetable me not to teach. So I didn't teach that year and just supervised. And then, um, as I had maternity leave with her, I didn't teach, but now, um, it's a new year. She's nine months old now and I'm back in the classroom, um, two, two days a week uh, in some of my own classes. And then, and some I'm co-teaching with my younger teachers in a more sort of mentor, um, learning role. Yeah, yeah. And congratulations. Um, Is that your first uh, baby or have you got multiple? No, no. I know I said she's my first, but she's my first and only. So, yes. That's so beautiful. Um, Well, congratulations because nine months is still basically a new mum. How are you managing that with the studio being, you know, the mumpreneur now? How are you managing life? Has it shifted since you've become a mum? Oh, definitely. And I think Mm. that... um, well, I personally could never have anticipated like how much it would shift um, until I've been through the experience myself. Um, obviously, I had an understanding of like how involved being a parent is, but I just, for me personally, I couldn't anticipate obviously the love and like the the wanting to just spend time with her, which is something that, um, again, was a shock to me. Like I've just always been business. Um, driven and you know my studio and the businesses that I run are still a huge passion of mine but to have that kind of my passion kind of in two areas now is really exciting but I'm so 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 blessed in that I have an amazing team that 
could and do run the studio without me. Like I don't really mm. need to be there. I'm there because I like to be and I love that kind of creative energy and working with my um, admin team and my teachers. And then I'm also blessed to have a really supportive husband who has, um, he's a school teacher, so he has flexible hours sort of around my work, which is great. And at the moment he's been on paid parental leave. So having him at home has been incredible. Oh, and then awesome. lastly, I have the support um, of family and particularly my mum who it would have her three or four days a week if she could. So, And do um, you bring baby to studio? I, I only ask this and I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole here because I think there's so many studio owners that question this period when they have babies because we always feel like you can't leave the studio you can't leave the studio I mean what about yourself did you take time off do you bring bub into studio like what's your what's your take on that well I guess it's for me personally in my take is whatever works for you and you're comfortable with um, I have clients and studio owner friends who are not comfortable being away from the studio at all so what makes them feel most comfortable is having their baby with them either in classes or, um, you know, in the reception. And if that works for them, that all the power to them, I think that that's fantastic. For me personally, um, Goldie doesn't come to the studio with me when I work. When I'm there, I'm there to work and I just know um, if she's with me, I can't focus my energy on her and she mm. is I, I guess it guess depends on the baby too. Like I know I have friends' babies who are very just like happy to like sit and play with a toy and, you know, or like they get entertained for ages, but she wants like constant like stimulation and she's moving now. So it's constantly pulling her off things or making sure she doesn't yeah. fall off them. Um, so I personally don't bring her with me. Um, but again, that's because I have that support from my mum during the day and my husband's work hours he finishes so he can leave school and come and collect her before I even start classes so yeah. not everyone has that um that that sort of support that, network yeah. around them yeah absolutely so I, I oh well Goldie understand. what a beautiful name and it's so Queensland I love that reminds <laughs> yeah. me because when we say we go like and I know you're Sunshine Coast but when we go yeah. to the Gold Coast we call it the Goldie you know, again, yes. to the Goldie. So that's yes. really cool. Love that. Love that. <laughs> um, now, most studio owners, you know, just run their studio as their core business, which is, you know, mm. a wonderful thing. But you and I are different species, right? So mm. we do lots of varied projects and, and businesses um, that all intertwine with each other. And they all, it's not like you're running a cafe, you know, or maybe no. you are. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, tell me, you know, why do you choose to have so many moving parts in your business and so many different projects on the go? What What's the thought process behind that? Part of me is always worried that it's not something wrong with me, but like that there's something in my personality that like I just can't settle. I'm always mm. looking for what's next, what could I do, what's a new challenge. And like I've had these serious conversations with my husband being like, like I'm really happy, but I said to him, like, is it because do I not feel like fulfilled in one particular, like, is this what I'm, and I honestly, at the end of the day, I think that I have an entrepreneurial spirit. And I think even if it wasn't in the dance studio, say, say I was a cafe owner, I think I would own a cafe plus import coffee beans plus do, you know, <laughs> I think that I would always, I don't know. I just, I'm just a busy person and my brain is just doesn't want to settle. And so yeah. um, I'm, I'm always looking for a new challenge, even when my schedule is potentially too full. Um, but then again, I, I don't also have 
I really enjoy delegating and training team members. So I'm able to do that where some people don't like having a team around them or they don't feel potentially they have the right team. And so it's just not a possibility. I guess, again, it just depends on who you have around you to be able to fit these things in your day or financially as well. Yeah. And I was going to ask you that because with so many moving parts, you know, it is important to have a team around you and having that delegation piece is key really, isn't it? To making it work. How do you find the, like you mentioned the right team. How do you find the right team members? So in terms of delegation as well, like obviously it's been a, a, a journey for me. Like, again, I'm nearly 10 years into owning my studio. So pretty early on, I realized that, um, you know, if I wanted to grow at a, a, a significant rate, I would need to have um, people around me. And I honestly, at the end of the day, I get bored by doing things over and over and over again. And I also get bored telling people how to do them over and over and over again. So being exposed to systems and processes and how to really um, clarify them in the back end of my business was something I started really early on. And even when I didn't have um, people helping me, but it was something that I sort of I don't know if I had the foresight or whether I just knew like I really wanted to bring someone on. That was my next goal. And so then I sort of slowly just added one person. You know, I had someone who helped me with the books and then I had another teacher and, you know, I would review how she taught and, you know, I would take on um, things that she did that I would like and I would give her information that I like to teach in a way that sort of fit the culture of my studio. So, you know, I have really clear systems and foundations and processes in all areas of my business. And then from there, it's been a journey. I hate using the word journey, but it has again been a step-by-step of just identifying kind of, I guess, talent that has come through my business, whether they be through teaching um, or whether, again, I my first, my now office manager, I hired her as a teacher, but really quickly it kind of came clear that she you know, her passion maybe wasn't in the education side, but she really enjoyed being involved still with education, but in more of an administerial kind of role. And then um, my current studio manager, she started with me as a relief teacher when she was 17 and she's now like built up. And um, over the pandemic, we had time to train and she has now just taken off. So it has been, you know, a slow process and it's something I've, um, you know, put time and energy and obviously money into finding the right people. And I never, I don't ever think there's like one person that can do everything. And I think that I've always been realistic. There's each individual, even for the role that they're doing has strengths and weaknesses. And I think it's being really clear on what you need them to do. And then constantly having those check-ins about, you know, what's expected of their role, um, what they like within their role. And then also even though what I might expect her to do, if it's not possible, like we need to have these sort of frank conversations. So communication. Yeah, absolutely. Now you've mentioned, well, I believe you show up in a big way anyway, with everything that you do, um, your podcast, your coaching, your studio, you know, being a mama, being a mama bear now. Um, what's the key to you staying focused and motivated the way you do? Focused. That's a tricky, tricky one for me. Um, I. I think by nature, I can be easily distracted. So it is like really putting things into place that try and keep me focused and whether that also is um, my team keeping me accountable, like saying they they will allocate tasks to me now as well. Like I need this from you by March 29th. So they sent me projects to help their role. So 
I, I love that and I do really encourage them to do that with me, but I know it doesn't work for everyone that way. Um, and then really I try and create some structure to each day. So I know like on Mondays I teach morning and night and then I have like lunch and I feed my baby and then I go back to work. I have a meeting. I have like kind of a, a plan and then Tuesdays I go off site. Wednesdays is like more of a mum day for me and then Thursdays is a bit of both and then Fridays is sort of a catch-up day. So I kind of just have a bit of a structure to a week and then so a time management thing really yeah. about managing your time and structuring a plan. I think sometimes um, that can be quite overlooked, um, mm. you know, because people find that to be, especially creatives, it can be a rigid yes. way of, of being. But I find that having some rigidness in, in the way of your scheduling actually can open you up to more creativity because it gives you the space and time when you're not within those rigid confinements of the plan, I suppose, to actually mm. be free to think. So it's a Absolutely. catch-22. Mm. You know, creatives don't want to set a plan, but at the same time, if you don't plan well, you know, then you don't give, your spe- you don't give yourself space to think and be no. the creative that you are. So I think planning your week in that way is actually really important. For me, I actually just use a little, um, I've, I mean, of course, I've got all the online yeah. scheduling and all the Trellos yeah. and all the things, yeah. but I love a handwritten me too. book. And each week I've just got my top three tasks at the top that I'm going to tick off at the end. And then there's like 20 dot points underneath of all the weekly things I'm going to do. And then I've got my yeah. plan for the week, which I actually do every Monday morning. I go, right. Mm what's coming up I find that 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 actually frees my mind <laughs> yeah I 100% agree and like even the other day I was feeling really overwhelmed there's a couple of big projects coming through the studio and I'm just feeling a bit more torn than I usually would and I was mm. like sitting up at just being like oh that's right I got to do this and I've got to do that and I just the next day I got up and I literally just got out a pen and paper and just wrote down everything that was in my head got it all out. And then I was able then to look at the week ahead and go, okay, what can I realistically fit in and kind of pop those in the priorities. And then some things I have to push back and, you know, ideally I only, you know, people only want to work maybe Monday to Friday for, I don't know, however many hours they want to work, but like sometimes I have to go into work on a Saturday and I'll sit there for, you know, three, four, five hours by myself and, you know, batch record my podcast or, you know, catch up on all the stuff that my team has been asking of me that I haven't been able to give to them. So, you know, it does take a little bit of extra time sometimes that, you know, ideally I'd like to be spending time with my family, but um, I think I have a really good balance in knowing that, you know, sometimes you need to put in those extra hours um, to catch up. And then sometimes you have that more flexibility to be spending time with your children or partner or Mm. dogs, whatever you want to spend time with. Now we're going to take a tiny short break where I'm going to introduce you to some studio owners who have just come out of my course, Talent Manager Bootcamp, introducing Caitlin and Stephanie from Ignite Dance Co. and Isabella from N2 Dance Productions. We've just finished the Talent Manager Bootcamp with Josephine Lane Cooper. We found it really informative, but also super easy to follow along and to fit into our busy studio lives. Our weekly meetings with Joe were also really helpful in consolidating what we had learnt in the weekly modules. And Joe made it really, really clear um, and easy to see how much it would benefit us and our studio growth. 
after completing the course, we now feel ready to implement and are excited for what this will bring to us in our studio. Hi there, I just wanted to jump on and share my experience in the Talent Manager Bootcamp course that I've just completed with Josephine Lancouver. Um, I think Jo's such a great personality and she's managed to fit all of her information and knowledge into some very bite-sized manageable pieces during the course. Um, each of the modules I found really exciting and I could see how we could easily implement this in our studio. Um, and also we had our weekly meetings which really consolidated everything that we had learnt in the courses. Um, I would highly recommend the course for any studio owner looking to improve and expand their current offerings in their studio. If you too would like to go from being a studio owner to talent manager in eight weeks and create your own in-house talent management service within your studio, it is not too late to join. Today is the last day before we close our doors on Talent Manager Bootcamp for three months. So if you'd like to jump in and join the program or learn more, simply head to josephinelanecuba.com forward slash TMB. And I'll also pop that in the show notes of today's episode. All right, now back to Claire O'Shea. Out of all of the things that you do in, in the way of your business, what piece lights you up the most? Like what part of your business is, is the thing that you get most excited about these days? That's a really interesting question. And I think that potentially it's just sort of the role that I'm in now of this kind of coordinator, like I have like more of a creative direction I guess like maybe it would be considered more of a creative director that I can be like okay let's try this I've got this plan or this thing that we're working on and I still work in it but then ultimately sometimes I'll hand off that project once I've thought of it to another team member so um, a couple of weeks ago we launched an online membership at my studio called Dance on Demand and it's something that we had thought up in um, COVID during lockdown and it was something that we hadn't focused on for a little while because we'd just sort of been playing catch up with COVID. We met, set it as a goal for um, quarter one this year and my studio manager just took it on board. She set it all up. It's honestly amazing. Obviously, I contributed with videos and checking in with her and stuff. It really was sort of her direction. So things like that where, you know, able to see kind of goals and vision come to life that I had a part of but not necessarily had to, work all night to do is really um, exciting. And then on the flip side, I love coaching with my clients. I love talking with other studio owners. The business side is something and the strategy I think involved is something that really um, excites me and engages me and keeps, and, you know, talking to you about business. Like this is something that mm-hmm. I just have been looking forward to all week and it's not something that I guess everyone has um one, an interest in or two, the ability to do. So I'm very yeah. blessed and happy to be able to do it. I think that um, Dance on Demand was very interesting. Um, I actually have something similar but for singing. So we call it the Singing Hub, which is an online singing service. Mm. Um, so I'm interested in that. Um, when you introduce Dance on Demand, is this like pre-recorded lessons and and things like that? And are people picking it up? Like are people interested in that virtual program offering? Yes. Yeah, so we have like future goals potentially to create um, 
an offering for the general public at the moment and this year it's exclusive to people who enrolled in our physical classes so it's more we're looking at it about how we can add value to our current students in terms of setting ourselves apart from you know the the studios around us um you know there's so many great studios in every suburb nowadays and it's about you know obviously providing that high level of service and the amazing class um experience but I don't know about you and whether you think so these days as well but sometimes that just doesn't cut it parents are expecting more people are expecting more these days um and so with um you know isolations and sicknesses and lockdowns and just everything that's been going on we've been kind of flip-flopping between these kind of either doing makeup days and catch-up days and you know people being home Mm. and wanting to be at the classroom but can't Um, so just moving forward I I feel like this is going to be something that disrupts us in one way or another for the next few years so with that in mind it's it's a really great service I think to be able to say you know what you're home this week you can do your stretching you can do a splits challenge you can work on that cartwheel you've been wanting to nail you know you can do a combo we have basically a library of uh recordings of dances again little challenges like you know how to get your aerial how to get your split etc over like a over a period of weeks and with the program and the platform that we use it's really individualized even though we've created it for the masses so whilst we don't always have the opportunity to work one-on-one with every student in a private lesson or potentially in their class this is a really way to kind of make that kind of personal connection through a screen um, and we have two options we have uh, the, the free version which everyone's able to um, access and we think it's great for over the school holidays and stuff as well and then we have a like a I guess a VIP level which is an, an additional ten dollars a month at the moment which is obviously quite low but we're just trying to test it out and see what's mm. working um, and that's for our students who are really can't get enough of classes but potentially can't get to anymore or maybe there's no more for them to do so you know they want to do stuff before school great jump up you can do uh, a stretch routine or a workout or an extra dance class whatever you want to do um, we have it there for them to be able to access yeah I love that and I think it's so important and I've said this before in previous shows that we must become hybrid versions and we must evolve and grow with what's happened in the world Mm. even if COVID ceases to exist I think people have a different expectation Um, especially for me we're a monthly model so we charge our clients monthly 12 months a year and people go what Mm. in January I don't get it it's like yeah we do because Mm. Our shows get bumped now all around the year. Like there's no such thing as the December show mm. anymore. It Last season we did it in January. Yeah. And so now we, you know, in the January periods, we offer online masterclasses with our coaches. You can chime in or not, but it's just mm. pro rata stretched across 12 months. That's our charge. That's how we do it. And um, we just have, like you said, these membership inclusions, like we've got our singing hub and we've got masterclasses Mm. in the school holidays. And I think people do need to shift and change the way they perceive the studio model Um, because it's evolved. Whether people like it or not, Mm. it's evolved and you absolutely need to have something for people that can't attend for two weeks because they're in isolation Mm. because then they're like, what am I paying for? Yeah, exactly. 
And so we've had to come up with other things. I mean, we live stream, we can now have the option of live streaming our classes as well. So we provide Zoom links when there's a, mm. like multiple people away due to COVID. We go, that's okay. Chime into the class, everyone. We're live streaming a session. So we do all sorts of stuff now. And I think it's just the way of the future. Unfortunately so, but, you know, it is yeah. the way it is, right? It's extra work, oh, but it's all good things. Think- Yes, and I, I I so agree with you on so many levels, but I also, I do really feel for studio owners who, you know, potentially like when, well, when even when I was a kid, I feel like running a dance studio, I don't know, maybe this is a naive thing to say, but I feel like it was a bit more simpler before mm-hmm. social media, obviously before the pandemic, everything was a bit simpler, obviously. But, you know, I just think it was a little bit more, you know, you provide your service, people pay and then that was kind of, that was great. And that was really awesome. If you provided a great service, that was sort of what you needed to do. But I don't know, with social media, there's so much more competition. There is online studios. There is people doing X, Y, and Z. And to stay competitive, you do need to sort of have that edge. And, um, or I guess a point of difference is what uh, totally. I, I totally. look at it as. Yeah, and I hear you. I mean, there's studio owners out there have been doing it for 20, 30 years, mm. and that's a really big adjustment. Mm. Um, and a lot of them have closed their doors because it's just too much, you know, so that's the other part of it as well. Um, so with so many balls in the air, what's your biggest challenge, do you think? I think for me it's being really clear in where I want to go next because because I guess there's just so many opportunities and I think that that excites me and I, I knowing that I can be distracted, I have to stay focused. So I am a person that is sort of checking in with my long-term goals a lot to make sure that what I'm doing now, this week and this year is moving me towards that. I don't want to, you know, be five years from now and go, oh, remember that I wanted to do this? Like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Like that, that frustrates me. So really kind of thinking about where I want to take this in the future, you know, whether I just want to focus more on, um, you know, running my studio and then having my coaching business and really pushing that coaching business or whether I'm happy for the coaching business to stay kind of, you know, smaller, more boutique, one-on-one and focus more on expanding the studio in other areas. So um, at the moment, I think I'm kind of just juggling both because they both it's both working um and I'm sort of happy to keep doing that I guess until either I feel like I can't fit it all in or potentially then that's time to add another team member and yeah go from there yeah totally and I love the um you know we talk about challenge but a great way to overcome challenge is of course automation now I can see that you are the automation lady right so (laughs) let's talk about automation automation. I'd love to touch on that because I think we all need a little bit more of that in our businesses Mm -hmm. and especially studio owners, like, again, coming back to that whole passionate, creative piece, but not necessarily understanding um, how important, you know, automation and systems are to, you know, building that studio business. Tell me about that and how, you know, automations assisted you in um, the runnings of your studio and business. Yeah, I'm very passionate about automation and systems. And it's something I talk to my clients about through my group coaching program. And when I talk, uh, you know, when I meet with clients one-on-one, because 
for most dance studio owners or for some, they're like, oh, 100%, I'm across it. You know, I don't, you don't need to tell me about that. And I'm like, perfect, easy. But for a lot of studio owners, the first kind of objection I hear is, oh, but I don't want it to feel like unpersonal or imper- impersonal. Un- impersonal, anyway. yeah. Impersonal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. Um, so that's a real concern for them. And, you know, I totally get that. But I think that there is ways and automation is just getting smarter and smarter to be able to find the areas maybe where you still need to make that phone call. And that's obviously not something that can be automated and then really assessing the areas where you don't need to. So, you know, following up on um, a welcome email series or, you know, but if to you calling them to see how their first class was, was really important. We'll then put your time and energy into that. But I guess it's assessing how much time you have during the week and where you want to focus that time. And then also before you start trying to add, you know, MailChimp and um, all of the sort of automation softwares is really look at what you have first because I think what people don't even know is that in a lot of their dance studio softwares, there's a lot of email um, automation that can be added and is in the back end that people don't even have, don't, don't, don't make use of currently. So I know, um, you know, other, other software do work, you use? Which software I use one? Class Manager, which mm. is good but has I don't think that there's a perfect software honestly I use Dan um, Spears yes okay well I had I was with a coaching client last week who uses Dan Spears and we were talking about adding automation and the whole concept of you know connecting MailChimp and everything seemed it was a bit overwhelming so you know I just looked through Dan Spears and I could see there's about you know five or six email templates that can be added and automated in the back end and so that's something that, you know, either I think it's like a follow-up trial or a welcome email, like these are things that are often in softwares nowadays, but I just don't, you know, sometimes they might not be super obvious to find or people haven't taken the time to set them up. Mm. Um, so I would encourage everyone to kind of look within what you have currently and then take that time that week or today to write that email or copy that email and set that up so it's something that you don't have to do every single time a new student comes through the door. Mm. And then- You've inspired me already. I, I mean, we have lots of systems and processes in place, yes. absolutely. Um, but I'm thinking what would be really good is to have a systems cleanup day and because I've got mm. an admin assistant. Mm. Um, so I reckon I should be getting her here and just sometimes just sitting down and going through yeah. those systems and saying, what have we got? What could we improve on? What do we have that we're not using? Yes. Because that's the big thing, isn't it? Like there are elements of dance bits that we're not using mm. and it's all down to that time piece. You're like, oh, I have to find time to figure that mm. out. But exactly. you'd save time if you just figured it out. <laughs> exactly. So it, at, at the end of the day, I guess it all comes down to priorities. But in saying that as well, yeah, there is a lot of automation. I just don't think that people, maybe because they don't even know it's there. So I guess this is mm. your, if you're listening, this is your kind of trigger to go and check your software and see what's there. And then I think it as well, you know, you might already, a lot of people might already have systems in place, but then to also think like what's working, what's not working and what is causing you the biggest headaches. That's where you should start with first and then start to work your way through your business. You are not going to automate your entire business. You never will automate your entire business. Um, be- being a service-based industry, we're always going to have that, um, well, I believe, that sort of personal touch, and I think that that's really important. Um, but there's definitely elements that can be added, and I think that um, 
particularly studios can be making use of it so much more to really help them either reduce that time spent in the inbox to be able to work on those other projects then um, and really provide a higher level of customer service that you can't always do when you're trying to do it one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, like you mentioned, and I and I thought this was quite interesting, there are pieces of the business that you simply can't or, or shouldn't automate. What would be the key thing you think that should not be automated in a business? Well. For a dance studio, I think that that connection with the kids is paramount. Obviously, you know, those in-person classes, we're never going to automate those. That's something I think you really need to be finding those superstar teachers that engage those kids day to day and week to week. I think when we are making these big decisions in our business, it's always important to come back to the key point is like, what is what is the reason why we're doing this? And it's pro- to provide exceptional dance or music or singing lessons and what's needed to facilitate that. Um, And then all the other stuff that comes with it is, you know, helps run the admin side of the business definitely, but I think we also need to be focusing on uh, that. So finding the amazing superstar team members is probably an area that can't be automated, like it really does take that personal touch. But in saying that, you can have automations and systems in place to help you kind of screen the front end of the applications. Like if you're always getting these um, resumes and, you know, having interviews with people and you're like, oh, like how did I even, like why am I wasting my time talking to these people, Um, whether because they're not the right fit or they just had the wrong idea of the type of business that you run, there's then steps that you could set up before that to, you know, once they submit their uh, resume through uh, like a Google form or a form on your website, then it might send them an email that asks them to respond to, you know, five questions. And if they don't take the time to respond to those five questions, they don't move to the next stage. And so you're already kind of saving yourself time by screening out some people. So there's the things, there's automation, I guess, along every point but I guess for me that the answering your question like what wouldn't you automate and I think it's finding those superstar team members mm, I love that and yes I'm a big fan of automation in relation to hiring I actually have what I call my seven-step hiring process which I just did a podcast on like two or three episodes ago so for anyone listening you can flick onto that but I do think Um, Yes. And I'm like you, I I give them a task. The first thing they have to do is they watch a video of me and it's like a little, you know, couple of minutes, just a little culture introduction video to what we're looking for. And I, Mm. and I basically say, if this isn't the right fit for you, then please stop the video now. And then Mm. at the end I say, Hey, if you, if you want to proceed with your application, please respond to this email and say, yes, I'm ready to move forward. And if yep. they can't do that, then they haven't, then they're not interested. And I no. think some people get disheartened because you might have 20 applicants, but only two people reply. Well, good. Because mm. now you don't have to waste your time mm. interviewing 20 people when 18 of them can't even be bothered to watch yeah. a video that's exactly. three minutes long. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah, mm. I'm totally into that. I love it. I love talking to you, Claire. <laughs> I love talking to you too, but I also just wanted to touch on, because I know I see so many people in Facebook groups and stuff really at the moment, it seems to be struggling with finding team members and retaining them or finding the right team members. And I do want to say, obviously there's exceptions to the rule. Like 
like if you are in small country towns or you know you're really isolated of course it's going to be so much harder for you to find people who are willing to apply or to travel we aren't talking about that that's an exceptional circumstance and i that would be really difficult and there's obviously individual ways that we could mm. talk about that but i mean in terms of you know cities or like where i live is like i guess a regional city like there is enough people around that you can be a little bit more pick and choosy about who you're trying to bring onto your team oh totally yes i can't imagine the challenges of regional but i mean yes of course i mean i'm pretty hardcore in my application in my hiring process but if i was in a regional town where you literally have only two people yes to choose from yeah um, you have to be a little the bit outcome more. is different mm, absolutely exactly. Um, okay, excellent. Um, so you have some freebies and events coming up. Tell me about that. I, I read about that. I want you to explain yes. it to the people. Uh, very excited. So obviously, well, I always have a freebie. I always have my podcast, which I love doing. And I love, again, connecting with people like you and sharing about everyone else's journeys as well as I do solo shows. So if people are interested in hearing more of my voice, and I can't understand why you wouldn't, <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find me at Assemble Dance Studio Coaching and that's on where every time you can, and anywhere you listen to podcasts, it's up. So that's always a freebie. But I guess a special that I have coming up is I have two free masterclasses in April. Uh, you can find more information about that by either going to my Instagram, which is just at Assemble Dance Studio Coaching, or my website, which is assembladancestudiocoaching.com. Uh, and we have two topics coming up, and one is about automation, and one is about uh, growth processes and how to kind of, there's, in my opinion, there's three forms of traffic that we can really kind of focus in on to have exponential growth in our businesses. So that is what my masterclasses are on in April and people can sign up to one or both or yeah, I'd love to see some faces and chat to people in real life. Yeah. Awesome. And we're going to pop those um, links in the show notes as well for everyone that's interested. And I think, um, you know, we've discussed that automation piece in the show today. And I think that that's a really um, great asset for everyone to jump onto and, um, you know, obviously get as much information as you can to really build that thriving studio for yourself. And um, look, I ask a question to all of my guests mm -hmm. that I, I always find super interesting, and that is who or what inspires you? That is really a beautiful question. And I guess I'm so lucky in that I have so many different people that inspire me in different ways. Um, but I guess mainly it would be my team inspires me to work harder. Like I want to be better for them and I want to, create more so that I can, you know, give them more opportunities and, you know, help them find jobs that they love. So that's one facet. And then, you know, the kids inspire me because, you know, I'm really, again, wanting to create something that's exceptional for them. And then my family, um, you know, obviously I want to do things that make them proud, but then I'm obviously wanting to, you know, create like a really an amazing life and create an example for my daughter and, you know, make my husband proud so that's really something that I feel um passionate about and then I guess lastly like I have a business bestie um Jen Dalton she is from Dance Teacher Central and has Jigsaw Dance and she is a massive inspiration to me um always has and will continue to be for years to come so I think it's really important to find friends in the industry or maybe not even the industry but who can understand 
what it's like running and owning a business and all mm. of the challenges and the exceptional, um, you know, celebration moments that come along with running that. Yes. And being an entrepreneur or a business owner can be lonely business. Mm, so absolutely. it's always important to find connections, whether they be, you know, free, just people you met or know mm. and, and grew up with or potentially met through business networks or whatever. Yeah. Or even if they're paid. So if you don't yeah. have that support, then, or you can't find those people, then there's no shame in paying for a mentor that gives you that support. It's so important to find other like-minded people because, yeah, it's hard when you've got no one to share with. Because sometimes our partners, our partners don't get it, our husbands, our wives, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, it, again, it depends on personal situations. So, like, mm. I'm lucky in that... Um, my husband is very interested in the sort of the studio and um, growth strategies and like talking about all this stuff through. And I, I love talking to him about it, but I know a lot of people who, um, and I think I've actually seen on a Facebook group recently that, you know, she, she was saying that she, he just doesn't get it. He does not, he's not mm. interested, doesn't ask about how it's going or day to day. And I can find that, I imagine that would be really hard, you know, being so passionate and loving something so much and, someone who you care about doesn't really seem to care but in saying that as well like I think finding again like you said a coach or, or a friend maybe um who communicates in the way that you do is is of benefit in so many ways and um mm. I'm so lucky that I have that in Jen and we talk all like all the time you know via phone and text and we haven't been able to see each other in real life for a couple of years because of COVID but where is she you know, located? She's in Sydney, so oh, yeah. she, yeah, so it's a flight away. She was meant to come in April, um, but COVID kicked off again. Again, um, I know, just crazy. Yeah. I don't know. never ending January. No, we're only in March. <laughs> I'm getting mixed it up. It would have been months. January because January was Omicron. <laughs> Who knows? There's so many. Last yes. year, April, Sydney was in lockdown for four months. Yes. So that might be yeah. where you got that from. But, no, I totally Probably. hear you. Yeah. It's been two years of, of something or other for sure. I know, I know. Um, so what's next for Claire? What's what's the big thing? What's well, happening? There's a couple of things I can't talk about yet, but I'm very excited um, for that. So if you're wanting to stay tuned, I guess check out my socials because when I can, I'll announce that. Yep. But other than my masterclasses, um, I am launching my next group program, another round of my next group program, uh, which is called Studio Bloom. So I did a sort of a beta program of that last year and that was so amazing and I've been able to go back and make tweaks and changes to the course to make sure it's as practical to do it as possible and then also working on the stuff that's actually going to move your business forward so you know really looking at our studios uh, as a business and something that we love and cherish and want to enjoy but at the end of the day we need to have that financial kind of stability to be able to continue to do the thing that we love. So yes. No really money, looking. no honey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that's beautiful. really exciting. That'll be launching soon. So yeah. I'll, uh, people will be able to sort of see about that on my socials if they're interested. And if not, um, my podcast and then the masterclasses is sort of what's next for me. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Claire. I really appreciate your time. It's been great to, you know, meet you on your show and now for you to come onto mine. I think that's such a beautiful exchange there and I really appreciate it. So thank you and take care. Thank you, Joe. It was great speaking with you and thank you for having me.
Okay, bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World. And you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.